Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. Uh, this is a very different episode because the, the world is a little different right now. Yes. And the foreseeable future of this podcast is is still still going to go. So we're gonna, still going to keep being here. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, the, the future is, is a little weirder right now. Yeah. Uh, the present is very bizarre. Mm-hmm. So uh, just this will be a quick little announcement on that. Uh, people like Gene and I are going to be hurting a little bit from yeah. the uh the coronavirus quarantine mm-hmm. things so uh please check out our patreon if you can't or just share the episodes that we we share all over social media uh just to give us a little boost please because yes. I, I hate to ask but we could use it right now yeah save um, me from uh unemployment which is uh looking like that <laughs> yeah yeah not not a great feeling that's my co-host gene he's here with I, me as always yeah yeah <laughs> how are you doing here. gene um, I'm doing good. I'm not. I'm not sick or anything. Uh, you know, uh, that's that's certainly good. I'm in good health. Yeah, I had a head cold last week, and I was oh, yeah. scared scared the shit out of me. But I'm like great now. And I also did not go out when I was sick. Just that's good. In case. Yeah. So that's very cautious, and I would hope everyone would do that as well. Yes, please, because this will be coming out the the day after we're recording. This will be Monday morning. So, mm-hmm. um, everyone, please take precautions. Wash your fucking hands. Mm-hmm. Um, check up on people and be good to each other because. Yeah. Sometimes things are bad, but we don't have to be bad to each other. Uh, speaking of good things and good people, we're mm-hmm. here to welcome a friend of the show, the EIC of St. Audio, Staley. Hello. How are you, my friend? Hello. Well, thank you for such a lovely intro. I am doing great. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you're not sick anymore. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> thank you. We're, we're happy to have you here. You yes. and I go go back a couple years uh, from audienceseverywhere.net. That's like where half the guests for this show come from. <laughs> I just like, I'm picking up people. I'm like, hey, Richard, you free? <laughs> hey, Matt, you free? It's like uh, the Muppets 2011. Kinda, yeah. yeah, that's kind of what this podcast has become. Yeah. Which which Muppets are all of us? Like, what, what oh, Muppet God. energy do you feel? I'm Beaker. Uh, you're Beaker. I can I'm see 100% Beaker. Oh, man. Yeah, that seems uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, I uh, there's a few, I, I think like uh, Sam, Sam Eagle. He's always a favorite of mine. He's always just like. I love him. Besides the, the le- less less conservative, but just kind of his uh, sarcastic uh, demeanor, you know, always like Sam Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that seems yeah. right. You know, Gonzo. that's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gonzo's the best. Love Gonzo. Yeah. He's a great guy. And seems can... a fun mm-hmm. bud to hang out with. Oh yeah, he's great. He's some sort of alien apparently. But can we all agree <laughs> the best Muppets was Muppet Treasure Island? Oh yeah, that's a good oh, Muppet movie with Tim Curry. I haven't watched that in like a long time. Honestly, I think the last Muppets movie I saw—not that I'm like a Muppets connoisseur or anything—but mm-hmm. uh, was the one with, um, oh my god, the guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, whose name I just blanked oh. on completely. Yeah, uh, the Muppets. Oh. Uh, Jason. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I was like. I know it's Jason S. Something, and I was like, I was gonna say Sudeikis, but I'm like, I know that's not right. I know that's not right. Um, but yeah, that's the last Muppets-related content that I have interacted with. So yeah. Um, Disney, yeah, Disney does not like the Muppets. Yeah, they're oppressive to the Muppet the Muppet fans. Is it like <laughs> like puppetist? Yeah, they're puppetist. Bob Iger, yeah, he hates puppets. It's it's oppression. That's what it's it oppressed. is. Yeah, they're oppressed. Like they haven't had like new yeah. content. Five years. You know what? Pour, pour one out for for the minorities of the felt doll world. <laughs> yeah, honestly, they sh- they should really just be all the Disney remakes. Just be do them with Muppets. With Muppets, yeah. That just yeah. that's it. That's right there. 
That's I real diversity. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bob mm-hmm. Iger doesn't like the Muppets or Tron. He hates both fandoms. <laughs> He hates Tron. I'm like, how do you like? You realize there's so many cool things you could have done with this, right? Like, yeah, he keeps like vetoing like all the sequels or TV shows or whatever. He's just, I don't, I don't get it. And Tron's a good subject to bring up because we will be talking about uh, the best film soundtracks and original scores, or at least our favorites of of the the entire medium. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Staley, could you talk a little bit about what Saint Audio does? What's your your kind of uh, corner of the internet? Yeah, definitely. So um, we are, I like to call ourselves an online music magazine that uh, reports on all types of music and music news from around the world uh, with more of like a socially conscious perspective. But we also like to touch on like music and how it interacts with other industries, including um, film. So we've done some interviews with composers and music editors and it's been really cool they're called screen sounds it's like a series on the site if you want to check mm-hmm. it out nice, nice. Yeah, uh, link down below on the description for the the soundcloud and youtube uh and we'll definitely be tweeting out about that too as this episode goes on and just check out everything staley's doing and especially with, <laughs> with saint audio because like it's 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 the good stuff there yeah well thank you yeah i mean i love doing it and you know it's definitely like something that it makes me feel really good when I hear people say that they like it. And uh, it means a lot to have the people out there that are reading it and supporting it. So thank you or thank you in advance. <laughs> and uh, another topic of discussion that we're here to talk about today is, so you're looking for more quarantine hobbies. And this is going to be our new segment <laughs> on the show where it's, it's basically just, we just renamed like what we're watching. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we've seen recently in theaters home video, what we're reading, what TV shows we're checking out, and because theaters aren't going to really be an option for a lot of us right now, um, we could all just kind of talk about what we've seen since the last recording. Gene and I, we recorded last week. We haven't done, like, back-to-back week recordings in a while, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, feels good. Did you see anything this week, Gene, before um, this happened? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I saw The Hunt um, at uh, Beyond Fest. Um, they did a screening with uh, Damien Lindelof, who's doing a Q&A, and uh, I was really um, glad that The Hunt finally came out. Um, it kind of was going the way of New Mutants, where it keeps getting postponed and everything. And, um, oh, that, that poor film. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I, um, I, was, I, was, uh, I was really um, uh, surprised by the film, because it, it's very nuanced. It's not as, uh, uh, you know, sort of shocking and controversial as... Uh, it's it's uh you know it got labeled um because you know this is the writer who did Lost and uh, Watchmen which was amazing I love uh, I love Watchmen that was my Mandalorian when everyone was loving on that I just like <laughs> watch Watchmen um, but yeah it has a lot to say about the uh, political divide um, you know it has a you know a lot of criticisms to give um, uh, certainly a lot of right leaning people and then. Um, yeah, it just it has a lot to say, and um, you know I really appreciate it for it. And um, one of the best fight scenes I've seen in a while. Towards the end, I won't spoil it, but um, yeah, it's it was amazing seeing that fight. I won't. Uh, uh, Staley, what what have you seen recently, or what what are you checking out recently? This last oh, week? oh my god, I have a whole list. Oh, I'm bring prepared it. for this segment. <laughs> Um, so when my anxiety gets really bad, I am like not really watching anything of quality. Um, been watching a lot of reality TV lately. Mm-hmm. So my roundup is one, if you have not watched it, love, love is blind. That is mm. 
the show to watch. You will binge it probably in two days, but you know what? That's two days of entertainment in the quarantine. Okay. Um, <laughs> I keep hearing good things. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it's it's very entertaining. It's very like messy, but like without being sad, which is where a lot of other reality TV shows start to go after a while. Like I'm watching, I love 90 Day Fiance. I've been watching a lot of it lately, but there's like, I'm on season three of Before the 90 Days and there's this character named Darcy that's been on several seasons. And it's like at the point where it's like, I feel like we should stop letting her come on the show. So Love is Blind <laughs> is like fun <laughs> reality TV where you don't okay. feel guilty watching it. And then 90 Day Fiance is like fun within limits. And then it starts to get, be like oh. an experiment in like human misery, oh, essentially. Okay. <laughs> oh. um, but the other two like really good, like feel good reality shows that I would say to watch are Million Pound Menu and Instant Hotel. Like those are just brain candy. They're amazing. All right. Well, I'll have to check them out. We're we're gonna have time. So yeah. yeah. Oh oh, I forgot one more. One more last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Have you seen um, Devs yet? I have not, but I'm very looking forward. Oh, That's an I Alex Garland show, to right? See that. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's so garlic. good. They've aired the first three episodes, but it's like it's only eight episodes, but they only do one new episode a week. Um, it's really really good. I think you you guys would be into it. Uh, yeah, I yeah, love I, I, Alex Garland, yeah. so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. It's yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be kind of like a companion piece to Ex Machina, is what he said. So like, I want to hear like your perspective on it and like oh. what you think of the show. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm really intrigued, and uh, yeah, there hasn't been uh, any Alex Garland, uh, um, like a movie or anything, in like since uh, Annihilation too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he's. He's someone I, I've I've admired for a long time. Like mm-hmm. I think Twenty Eight Days Later was the first thing I saw that was like uh, that was written by him. Mm-hmm. And to like to date, that's still one of my favorite films. Like it's, yeah. it's obviously very perfect for now. Uh, that that mm-hmm. would be like a recommendation for me to all of you to watch Twenty Eight Days Later. Yes, um, because it's, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. No, it's very dark, but it's also very uplifting because it, it's about human like decay. Uh, yeah. But it's also about what happens when they come together. You know, very. It's it's hard in hard times but it has an uplifting message at the end which is not always the case with horror films of, of that of that genre not that there's anything wrong with that as long as there's a point to it i think but um, that's that's yeah. a very special one for me okay yeah. no that's that's pretty fair i mean yeah um yeah need to watch like more uplifting things especially right now oh yeah so yeah. i was lucky enough to watch come and see on the big screen okay last week Oh wow. uh, yeah! For those that don't, I need, I need to make sure I get this this fucking director's yes. name right. Um, <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna give my shot, best shot right now. Come and see is a 1985 Russian <clears throat> film directed by L.M. Klimov, and it's an anti-war film about the uh, uh, the Nazi occupation of Belarus. Okay. And uh, it's told through the eyes of a young teenager named Flora. And it is, um, wow, it's, it's probably the greatest film I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, like, that, this might be the one. This, this might be the one that just takes it all as the definitive film you need to watch if you want to, like, learn about movies as empathy machines. Because it will, like, destroy your soul. But I'm, it's not something I, like, hate myself for watching either, you know? It's not, like, misery porn. Like, I, I really don't <laughs> okay. like movies like... I really don't like movies like Cannibal Holocaust and oh. stuff like that, where I'm just oh. like, this is like noise to me. Like you're just yeah. trying to 
be edgy. Common Seas has enough humanity in it because it's just about like the attempts to, to drown out humanity. Mm. And um, you need to be in the right headspace for it. If, if you're if you're not if, if you're in a vulnerable place, don't watch it because it's very hard to, to to sit through at times. But I also think it is it is an important film, um, and it's it's remarkable. I think it's getting a Criterion release later this year, like an updated release. Um, I, I won't recommend you go out to the theater to see it now. Sorry, <laughs> but like uh, it, it it is wow. I, I am words do not do it justice. You you just need to see it. Uh, it wow. <laughs> I words fail me. It, it is so good. Um, on on a lighter note. I think I'm, I'm going to start rewatching Terriers because Terriers uh, is a show that I've annoyed Gene with for oh, many gosh. years. Oh, God. And, for like um, 10 years, yeah. Yeah, literally 10 Something years. Like it came out 10 years. years ago this year, so I have to do it now. Uh, and I'll finally have time to do it. Terriers was just released on Hulu. It used to be on Netflix, and no one watched it there, so I'm going to make you all watch it on Hulu and keep up with me on day-to-day episode recaps and reviews. Uh, it's 13 episodes. It's, it's Chinatown by way of Ocean's Eleven, and... It, you'll feel good about that too. It's, you, you'll you'll feel good watching that show and having completed a wonderful little neo noir mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, check check it out. There you go. That's my recommendation for now. I've been influenced. Nice. I'm sold. Yes, yes. Yeah. Everyone, join <laughs> me. <laughs> I'll I'll finally check it out now. Yes. Make you happy. Thank Peer you. Pressure. Yeah. I'm just I'm gonna start bullying people. That's what <laughs> bullying needs to make a comeback. That's what this is. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Sometimes bullying is good. <laughs> my, my whole thing lately is that, like, I'm joking about that, but I'm also like, we just need to bully the right people, you know? Don't bully yeah. people that, like, are suffering or helpless. Like, bully, like, rich white kids. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Bully them for one specific purpose, which is to watch Terriers on Hulu. Exactly. You know, That's... who's running for president this year? Who's seen Terriers? That's my vote's going to. <laughs> It's a it's a Terriers Nation we live in now. Yeah, exactly. Sean Ryan, if you're out there, I got your back, buddy. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, so yeah, I guess that's it for recommendations this week. Unless anyone else has anything else they want to toss out before I move on to the soundtracks. Good. Uh, yeah. No, I, I uh, think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. All right, here we go. So. What defines a great soundtrack? What defines a great orchestral score? What defines music? Here today is, that's what we're here to talk about today. I fucked that up really bad. I'm going to keep that in, though, because I want people to know that this is an authentic human podcast where mistakes are valid. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. I am just a small man. I am not a god. I, I, I listen to music one through one ear hole at a time. And that's that's a one. Yeah, yeah, just just one at a time. I don't I don't do both. Even right I now. I did nostril so. Oh, okay. I mean, hey, everyone's everyone's got a thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, like, when you think of a great movie score, Sally, mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk yeah. it to you first. I'm, we're gonna we're gonna swing big here. Well, what def- what what comes to your mind? Um, you know, this is like so subjective because, like, I'm definitely you know not an expert, but to me. When I've been listening to um, scores lately, I like them, and you know, and even like listening to them both separately and within a movie. Um, I think it's really interesting when a score can be very immersive, but it's also telling a story on its own. Like you don't want your music to overpower your story, but you don't want to to fade into the background either. So I feel like, in a way, 
a really great score is almost like another character within the movie. I like that read. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. I. I would. I would actually agree with that. And then you know, of course, the the famous like um meme online is like Star Wars without the score. And it's just like the most awkward thing ever because everyone knows now like Star Wars is a film notoriously saved by editing. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, oh, sometimes like if you really need to, it could be the single missing ingredient. But generally, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Like it shouldn't overpower anything. It should be complementing it. It should be like an like a, almost like a choir to what we're watching on screen, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, and like... I feel like I should differentiate because there's like a lot of things. And I guess, again, this is subjective because what I think is good or impactful is probably different than what other people think. But, you know, I think of movies like all of the Avengers movies, just like all the Marvel movies, like all like the music works really well within the movie. But it's so forgettable. Like you walk Mm -hmm. out and you just there's nothing of substance in it. So it's like it. But it's it's fits the mood really well you know so it's like Mm -hmm. it's finding that way to kind of differentiate yourself that like you're thinking of the melodies or like thinking of a way that like sound was used in a really like dramatic or moving moment rather Mm -hmm. than just like well i know what i'm supposed to feel because this like big swell happened but i don't really care you know yeah why, doesn't why have the guys, same impact. Yeah. yeah. Why, do you guys, why do you guys think for uh, for the Marvel films? Because, you know, I, some themes are, like, you know, memorable, but they're not, you know, like, you could hum at, like, the Indiana Jones theme or Star Wars. Like, I mean, for, like, Iron Man, it took him, like, two movies to even get, like, a good, like, hero theme, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, I don't know. Because, like, sometimes I think maybe if there had only been, like, four or five Marvel movies, maybe the mm-hmm. the score would be a little more impactful. And like, you know, yeah. I guess I do remember the melody of like the main Avengers theme. Yeah. But I feel like they kind of beat me over the head with it in the past two years, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they were really like, we gotta make a point here. Like we gotta have people <laughs> remember this like an Indiana Jones or like a Star Wars. But like it just never had that effect it never really had any great melody you know what i mean yeah 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 because i mean even like uh, i feel like some themes are like you know uh too memorable like they're almost like too iconic to to forget about like in uh justice league with like danny elfman just like repeating the batman theme yeah. for, batman, for batman which i don't know i thought that was pretty cool because he's like well you know there uh, you can't really beat that oh yeah, like, you know exactly. what this is this wasn't in the show notes, but this isn't a topic conversation I've been thinking about a lot lately. Danny Elfman said that um, when he was recording Justice League, like Gene was saying, mm-hmm. that like you know if if there's already a character theme established for the films, that should just be the character theme for their film adaptations. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. entirely disagree with that, but I, it depends yeah. on what the filmmakers are going to attempt with that version of the character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys feel about that? Um, hmm. well, I guess like, well, I was just going to add for, for Justice League, we could all agree that music certainly wasn't the movie's problems, right? No, I like the music in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I am really inclined to agree with Danny Elfman. Um, you know, cause if you look at that movie where like he it does like a weird evil Superman theme from the John Williams, uh, score 
And like you know that 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 theme, like it's like embedded in your head, like, oh, that's the Superman theme. It goes dun 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 dun. Yeah, I just think um, you know, it's kind of like it just goes with the DNA of some of the characters at this point with like, you know, the public like conscious um thinking of these you know, these characters and remembering them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I just like I feel like with these like super big franchise characters, like you're always going to see them as the franchise characters. So why not use the same theme? Like, it doesn't matter if it's going to be evil Batman or like, Mm -hmm. you know, good, whatever, like, you know, going through a tough time, Batman, I'm using Batman a lot, but Batman (laughs) has gone through all of the different dark moods, but oh, totally. like he is, he is the the superhero world's emo king. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, like, yes, you can make them moody, you can make them whatever. Maybe, I don't know, now I'm walking back. Now I'm changing my mind. Because, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I will say that depending on the director and, like, how the movie, like, comes together entirely, like, if it is more of, like, an art house Batman, like, mm-hmm. like Robert Pattinson is shaking oh, yeah. up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that I, I do feel like maybe a, a really, like, like a John Williams type score is going to sound real like out of place in that type of movie, but yeah. you could still work with it. I think you could take parts of it and, and, and like bring that into the character. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a lot of ranting. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think we're all generally on the same page here is what's important yeah. too. is like, you know, it's, it'd be nice to have a, a recurring thing. Like, honestly, like I don't hate the Spider-Man theme in the MCU, but like, yeah, once, you, once you have is the it, isn't theme. it isn't it just the like it's just the 60s theme it's cute but once you yeah. have elfman's like spider-man trilogy yeah. theme, like you're you're not i it's like I, superman you're not getting yeah. better than that <laughs> i could have yeah. in uh homecoming he uses the do 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 he does it for the the opening like, oh okay titles okay so it's just kind of it's just kind of to be like cutesy or something. Yeah, yeah. It should have been like this is regular thing. Yeah. Whatever. I can, I mean, we're not going to go down the MCU okay. rabbit hole anymore. Sure, sure. But uh, I want to read some some quick tweets about uh, people's favorite uh, scores and soundtracks uh, from at the Amity uh, Dolphin Pilot, uh, a friend of the show, <laughs> okay. and uh, right. Pain and Gain, Beasts of the Southern Wild, Hereditary, and Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar specifically is yes. the one I want to draw attention to because yeah. I'm. I'm a little cooler on that movie than mm-hmm. Gene is, but the score yeah. is is like magnificent. I think. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love the score in that movie. I just I can't stand the sound the sound mixing. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> definitely uh, Nolan's weakest there. But yeah. um, I think that's Zimmer's like best work, and it's also oh, like his yeah. most quiet too, mm-hmm. which is which is funky. I think people, it's like acting. You know, people assume that they do the most, and that's like the best of it. You know. That's why, like, everyone yeah. loves Leonardo DiCaprio, who's a good yeah. actor, but he's acting very loudly, you know? Yeah. Zimmer, Zimmer can go big, too, you know? Like, he invented the Inception bomb, and that was, like, in every trailer last decade. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, well, got, gonna, he's got multitudes. Yeah, because I was going to say, the, the quietness in Interstellar is just, like, it really strengthens the where there's music, and I feel like, at least just in my opinion, just, like, working with, like, some composers on, like, my own short films, like, if you look at, like, Man of Steel, where there's, like... Loud, like all the score, like all the time, and there's just like all these loud noises. Like it gives you a headache. Yeah. Uh, at too much telly, Pride and Prejudice, 2005, and Inside Lewin Davis. Those are very good ones Ooh. as well. 
Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about our, our favorite soundtracks then. Yes. Favorite film soundtracks, uh, which is not the same as a score. So we're like, this is the obvious choices would be like Pulp Fiction or Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Staley, what, what do you got for your favorite soundtracks? Oh, man. Um, so I kind of went all over the place, like just ones that I liked when I was younger, try, like first like kind of getting into this, like music mm-hmm. and everything. Um, so the first one that I like, of course, really loved was uh, Space Jam. Um, right. Know, oh, my God. A- I just I just watched that last night. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a bunch of scores, like original soundtracks written down. But I think that it's for soundtracks. The ones that I really liked were, of course, Space Jam. Um, Nick and Nora's Infinite playlist was like, I feel like my first like awakening or like new awakening into my obsession with music like I definitely like wanted to move to New York after that movie when I was like 16 so that soundtrack was very influential in my uh teen years um I also really liked the soundtrack for love the Netflix show that was on a few years ago um it's most of the music is done by this guy called Lyle Workman uh we did an interview with him a few years ago on St. Audio but it's just like it's all it's like a really good compilation of music like it's good to have on in the background like it's it feels very um like homey like cozy it's it's a nice listen mm. um and then i think the soundtrack i've liked the most in the past like couple years is the spider-verse soundtrack i mean that, that's oh, an yeah. awesome yeah that's that's just a great like album in general mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the music in that movie was perfect like perfect like hip-hop pop crossover Mm -hmm. just goodness yeah it has it has like a lot of like uh diverse like eras like it has like biggie smalls and like um like kendrick lamar i believe yeah it it is like yeah it's an amazing soundtrack and yeah makes that one really like drive it home too is that it doesn't feel like a movie soundtrack it feels like something that would be on miles morales's playlist oh yeah yeah exactly I, i that's so true. I like that because, like, I was about to say I also really liked the Black Panther soundtrack, and I did, mm-hmm. but it felt a little, like, or looking back, it feels, like, super, like, just, like, ultra-commercialized, whereas, like, the Spider-Verse <laughs> one feels a little bit more real to the, like, true to the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was also going to add, uh, uh, for the Spider-Verse con- uh, soundtrack, uh, all the original songs, so, like, Spidey Bells. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, they got all those, too. <laughs> That was oh fun. my god yeah that's right i forgot about that but um yeah i i you know i've been listening to a lot of like film scores lately um just because i think they're interesting to try to listen to like on their own because i that's kind of how i judge like what's good or what's good to me because i you know it's like you're listening to like uh, a composition you're listening to a, a story but it's just a mm. musical story um, so I've been really into the soundtrack for The Invisible Man, um, which I haven't seen yet. It's great. Ooh. It's a, yeah, it's really good. I know. I'm like, maybe they'll release all these movies on to like, like streaming Soon. or something just to make they, up for the losses yeah, in the theater. Maybe it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to call. Yeah. I, yeah, I think they just released like Frozen 2 and uh, yeah. Rise of Skywalker online early. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, oh, that's neat. 
Yeah, yeah, it no would one, make sense, no one, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one cares about Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> hey, there are fans of that movie. We're I don't I don't think we're really among them, but they're they're out yeah. there. It's subjective. Yeah. Yeah. subjective. All all tens of them. All tens of them. Oh, <laughs> I, I like stuff. Dozens in that of movie. them. I like stuff okay. in that movie. It just doesn't I still work. Seen it. I oh. I saw the ending and I was like because of course you saw it like what 30 seconds after it came out of the theaters on Twitter but like yeah I saw the ending I was like are you fucking serious yeah no the, the, the ending they, they they botch it really oh, bad yeah. but like I'm like you know what love prevails over geno- genocidal dictatorship you know what that's the true message of this movie and so what oh. what are they thinking oh. Oh. I'm so well, mad J.J. Abrams can't can't write an ending to save his life or a sequel apparently. So uh, just just don't hire him to do sequels anymore. Do like the first movie and then get him out of there and never lock him out of the room. Honestly, yeah, just just get out of here. It's like like, like yeah, yeah, salt the snail, just salt him. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say it's like kicking out like a dog. It's like get out of here. Shoo, boy. <laughs> Go back to your kind. <laughs> I think that's that's. I think you have to refer to J.J. Abrams as a dog now forever. He's, uh, I think so because like, I think he's a good boy. I just don't yeah. think he's that clever. It's like the stuff. No. He's it's like it's about. It's always about Palpatines and Skywalkers. <laughs> Man, it's it's like, oh. bro, this wasn't even the first movie you did. <laughs> no. It, it made no sense. I'm not even like a hardcore Star Wars fan, and even I was like, "This feels like Mad Libs." Like from yeah. everything I read, it's just like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Um, oh god, yeah. Oh but, my uh, god. Anyway, back to uh... speaking, speaking of which, though, uh, uh-huh. the Star Wars soundtracks are—I oh. mean, scores. I guess we just hop over to scores really quick. Yeah, yeah. We could just kind of hop back and forth. I guess it's sure, not really sure. important. But like, um, those those are kind of like the franchise scores you know like yeah. john williams is kind of he's kind of the boss yeah, the god he, he, he's a god you know i feel like john williams probably like would have someone killed that's i just get a weird <laughs> vibe from him okay. <laughs> like, all right he's too powerful i feel like if you get to that amount of power you definitely like maybe thought about having somebody killed right. like yeah, there's no way he sees like an up-and-coming composer like threatening his reign he's like it, that's some that's you should go on a sound design man that sounded like a real whip oh thank you <laughs> yeah. um anyway yeah john williams cool guy i don't know why i said that maybe that reflects <laughs> more on me and what i would do with that amount of power i don't think it does but i'm just a very paranoid person now i've been in my house for three days and it's yeah it's I, getting to me <laughs> yeah. i finally got out of the house today so my sanity that's it. smart i like i've been taking walks so i guess it's not entirely yeah. true but even then like i haven't like had a vocal conversation with anyone in like <laughs> 36 hours so oh, this man. is like a lot of human interaction for me and it's it's right. it's good for the soul yeah yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're here to help people through yeah. the apocalypse that that's is all. such a sad sad sentence that i said on this recording um <laughs> Right. Anyway, I do have friends. They just don't call me. Oh, uh, oh no. Uh, so scores. What about scores, guys? Let's talk scores. about those. Scores. Um, uh, great, great scores. Uh, stick, sticking with franchises. Um, I really love Zimmer's score to the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I oh, know people good. have have differing opinions on the quality of those three films. I find great enjoyment in all of them. 
And holy shit, someone, please, for the love of God, if you have Gore Verbinski's Bioshop script, my email oh, is in my Twitter description. <laughs> no, shoot it on over. I know it's out there now. If um, we anyways. could get the duel of the fate script, then yeah, we could probably get that one. Yeah, come on, come on. Anyways, um, that the the score for those two movies, I think, are like undeniable in like their staying power. Like mm-hmm. once you hear the opening riffs, the dun 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 dun, right? Oh. Like you know immediately mm-hmm. you're back Rapper. on that swashbuckling shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ready to just fuck shit up with my boys, just being Hell the yeah. boys, whipping out our swords, swashing and buckling. Some some octopus people. Yeah, exactly. New new version of trapped and screwed. Literally chopped. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good. I like. I of course will always have a soft spot for the Harry Potter soundtracks, uh, which. I don't know why, but like my family will just hum randomly. Like they'll okay. just be like, I don't know. It's just a, one of the many weird, weird things about me and my family. <laughs> <laughs> what else do I like for franchises? I don't know. Um, we we could start going off into just like regular film too. You know, it doesn't have yeah, to be yeah, just franchises. No, yeah. only franchises. Oh, only oh yeah, no. I know. <laughs> yeah, it, we're only we are brands. I love my brands. Brands are what art is about. Friends. Um, okay, I was. You know what I was listening to again today uh, was. I listened to a, a few things today. Uh, shocking, I know. Um, but <laughs> I listened to the score for Midsummer again, and holy nice. shit, that that is just like so much of it is the sound of just like pure like anxiety and misery, like. <laughs> Oh, it's like it's I had it like on during the day in my house, like full, like sunlight, everything. And I got too spooked. I had to turn it off. I was like, it's too creepy. It's uh, <laughs> it's really effective, though. It's yeah. very it's so unsettling and it works in a way that's just like I mean, I think that, you know, selling such a fucking classic film Twitter stand a 24. But I I have Midsommar and I have Hereditary both on my list because I do feel like those are two really good examples of music being used in a way that's like, it's elevating and telling the story, but mm-hmm. in a way that stands out on its own and is like, amplifies the horror of the story too. Yeah. Um, I love the score for It. I like, I think it's one of the best scores in the past like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like Benjamin Walfish. He just did he did the score for The Invisible Man. Um, I think he does a really good job of like kind of creating like an atmosphere. Okay. Um, I have what else do I have on here? Oh, I watched a movie on the plane um, like two months ago, not recently. Um, and I, I watched uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Have you guys seen it? Uh, yes, that, that's the uh, the Maria Heller film, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. it, it was so good. And I, again, that was one where, actually, that is a more of a soundtrack. Um, okay. It's, it's got a great score. It really kind of pulls you into the world of the movie, but it's mixed in with these, like, old, like, jazz standards. Like, it's such a great soundtrack and score. Perfect for the movie, but also perfect to listen to on its own, too. Oh, nice. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, that's a very good film. Uh, excellent double feature with uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" I think that was the the, the biopic name, right? For yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. She's yeah. Maria Heller is a really underrated director. She's th- those are really good films. Oh yeah. Um, so I a recommendation. There you go. Another apocalypse recommendation. Uh, yeah. Someone. Uh, oh, go ahead. Right? Sorry, sorry. Okay. okay. Uh, a group I really like that have done plenty outside of film as well are Tangerine Dream. Oh, yeah. Um, they've done great work with stuff for like Sorcerer, which is like the mm-hmm. most stress inducing film ever. Yeah. Uh, Thief. <laughs> Thief, of course. Thief. Uh, a film that was actually, Thief was actually planned to have like a Chicago blue band kind of like style to it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, along the process of filmmaking, uh, Michael Mann decided that uh, this this wasn't. He he wanted to be more like um, eternal, less contemporary, more like uh, timeless, I guess. You know, and so yeah. uh, the kind of synth vibes of Tangerine Dream, mm-hmm. uh, they provide uh, like a little elegance to that. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. So, do you guys know? Okay, because I haven't, uh, I don't follow those much. Are they like they're still performing, right? Tangerine Dream. They just don't do scores any musicals, like uh, film scores anymore. I, I have no I idea. Know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they. Yeah. I saw they were playing in Germany in like 2016 or something like oh, that. But like, so I don't know. Well, I can't go to Germany now. And yeah. well, it's gonna to be a while. Yeah. <laughs> you guys see that Tangerine Dream was nominated for the freaking Razzies for worst musical score for Thief, which shows oh, how the Razzies are bullshit. so good. Yeah, they're so fucking yeah. bullshit. Oh, oh, and they also did the score for my favorite vampire film, Near Dark, which right. is just. Wow, exemplary. Uh, every superlative you need to to show positive positivity. Uh, that's what that score is to me. Um, it is it's something that brings me lots of peace, and I've fallen asleep to it many, many times. Uh, it's Thanks. yeah, that's that's the shit right there. Wait, okay, I'm I'm not as knowledgeable right now. Um, is Near Dark the movie with Nicolas Cage and the vampire? Like that oh, whole no. thing. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's that. uh, <laughs> that's like the vampire's kiss or something. Yeah. Oh, he's kiss. like A, B, C, D. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's the meme one. That's the, the meme. meme. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> For a second, I was like, I mean, I'm sure it has a good score, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was really like very confused. So no, 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 well, no. no. Near Dark is Catherine Bigelow's solo directorial debut. Oh. Yeah, and okay. uh, I. I kind of wish you'd go back to more genre stuff because she's really good at it has she um, done anything like in the past few years i feel like she did like zero dark 30 and then she's like i'm out y'all i got that cia money she, I, honestly low-key um she got detroit and then i was oh, like i'm right. never watching that because i've yeah. seen enough movies directed by white people about black suffering yeah. so yeah yeah i've heard it she did uh, oh she was a producer on triple Frontier. Oh, kind of that's cool. she was in line to Triple Frontier for like three yeah. years. That's kind of cool. That, cool that, she would have killed that. That would have been good. Yeah, cooler than Detroit. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's weird. Why did she direct Detroit? Like, that's I don't know. Sense. I didn't. She she's like teamed up with Mark Bowl, and he he wrote Triple Frontier as well, which is like a fine film. Um, but it did need someone like Catherine Bigelow behind it. And I think I even said that on a recording back like a year ago. She. <laughs> Um, but anyways, like, yeah, she's teamed up with him and they just keep making like biopics about the government and stuff. And um, mm. I'm a little disappointed. And I'm mm. Catherine Bigelow culpable. 
Yeah, she's you know what? She's just again getting that sweet CIA money. Just uh, yeah. keep it under wraps. CIA is responsible for everything, putting it on record. Yeah. <laughs> this you is know the what? last podcast you'll ever hear with any of her voices in it. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. No, you know what? The guy in my camera is an FBI guy. FBI is in the camera. CIA okay. is everywhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so you know what? Equal opportunity. It's fine. I, I, you know what? That's technically how that would work, I guess. <laughs> um, Manhunter has a really good score too. That's pretty uh, bad. I forget who does that score. I should uh, it's, that up. It's it's a bunch of different people because Michael Mann is a crazy person, and I love him, but <laughs> I would oh, never yeah. ever work with him because he's Michael Mann. <laughs> and I guess uh, there's like a bunch of notorious stories about like on the art, like he fired the whole like art production team. And he was basically there for 24 hours setting up, like, a kill scene just by himself because he couldn't get, like, anyone to do what he wanted perfectly and that kind of shit. And so he <laughs> does the same thing with a lot of scores. Like, Black Hat was scored yeah. by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And there's oh, only, yeah. like, a quarter of their work in the film. And the rest of it is kind of, like, remix stuff from, like, Moby to a bunch okay. of other people. Um, oh. Fuck yeah, I love Moby. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, it's like, and then Moby, you did not date Natalie Portman. Stop it. Yeah. What a, what a <laughs> creep. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know. Michael Mann's a weird dude who just makes art I really yeah. like. So Trent, it's hard Trent, to tell. Trent it's hard great, to tell. Trent, no, no. Yeah, watch- there's like the bits of his score in in Black Hat are like ethereal. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say his Watchmen score is great too. Oh yeah, Watchmen. The Watchmen just yeah. is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. I still haven't seen it yet. Oh, you I need to see it, it. I thought I was going to hate it, and it's so good. Okay, I'm down to <laughs> watch going it. in ready. Yeah, he, I was, he was like going a, in like guns a blazing. Honestly, yeah, and it really caught me off guard. So, like, I, I like didn't watch it because I read a spoiler on Twitter by accident, or not even by accident, it was just there. I was just like, well, I'm not going to not read it. Um, <laughs> but now I forgot it, so I feel like I can watch it. There you Ooh. go. <laughs> You know what? Thank God I have no short-term memory. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty sick. Pretty fun. Only sometimes, not at work or in relationships. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Well, hey, you know, at least you're not Joe Biden. And that's that's oh, a God. big plus for me. You can't yeah, remember. you know, I do enjoy having a solid brain and not a liquid one. So yeah. it's pretty tight. What do you eat for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> Although, uh, to be fair, I don't remember what I actually. I didn't eat breakfast, so haha, joke's <laughs> on you, Joe. <laughs> uh, another great score is kind of an iconic one, uh, Blade Runner, the, oh, done by yeah. Vangelis. Yeah, yeah that, that one's like the business. And I don't know how we haven't brought this up before on this episode, but uh, every film scored by John Carpenter. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Why is he like, I feel like he's just one of those dudes we all just like assume everybody knows is good, but then we all kind of like forget to talk about him. But like... His scores are, I mean, that's not true. A lot of people talk about him. Like, a lot of people know his music. But I do feel like if I'm thinking about, like, film composers, I'm doing dramatic hand gestures here you can't see. Um, <laughs> I don't think of John Carpenter, like, all the like immediately. Not all the way. I think of him all the way, but I don't think of him immediately. Yeah. And um, I feel like because his films are a little more commercial or kind of like fun mm-hmm. horror um yes. i don't put him in that film like 
uh, position, mm-hmm. which he really should be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I've been trying to see him in concert for, like, the past two, like, Halloweens now. Because it's so cool that, like, you know, he's, I guess, retired as a film director. But, like, he's trying to be, like, a, I guess he's kind of, like, a doing, he's uh, going through, like, a like a rock star phase now because he just like he performs like with his sons like cody carpenter like pretty regularly and like that's really cool that he went from like being like cynical movie director to like rock star who just smokes pot all day and plays video games apparently yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what John he does carpenter is living his quarantine best life yeah, oh my yeah. his dream. He, was, he was born for this yeah. <laughs> like honestly yeah you know just... what's Okay, I'm I'm turning it to myself because that is yes. the most yeah, yeah, important subject. Uh, just in case you were wondering, um, but I was just thinking of this today. I was talking about this with a friend. Speaking of being born to quarantine, like I'm definitely like a homebody, and I like to like hang out and like yeah. watch Netflix, not do anything. But now that that's my only option, I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I'm clawing the wall. <laughs> was it like the the Simpsons were on uh, the monorail? He's like, Krusty wants out. Yeah. <laughs> no, the world needs laughter. You know, probably I have only seen two episodes of The Simpsons in my life, so I would not know. Oh, okay. I know. I'm like, I'm, oh, I just killed the vibe. I'm a vibe. <laughs> I, I did see like a funny tweet where someone's like, I feel bad for the extroverts who are not used to this. <laughs> Jokes yeah, on them for being social. I was like, am I an extrovert? Because I'm like, I hate interacting with people most of the time. But now that I feel like I can't, it's the worst and i hate it i'm like <laughs> i want to go out more actually because i know that i won't have to interact with as many people like i'll yeah. be people enough to feel like a human being still but i won't have to talk to them or like have to listen to them talk about something that's boring to me mm-hmm. well i was gonna say um yeah like statistically <laughs> yeah like being outside right now i mean like in certain places uh not too crowded like movie theater you know i mean yeah, well, Illinois just, like, went super, I guess, like, preventative. They've shut down all bars and restaurants for the next two uh-huh. weeks. They're and, doing like, that. Yeah, they're doing that in L.A. right now, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great time to work for a restaurant group. Uh, yeah. I hope, I hope. yeah, they get, you know, like, some benefits or something. Yeah, yeah it's stressful. Anyway, let's not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Kyle is my friend right now. There we go. Speaking of the working class, um, I got this isn't even like count because they're part of the biggest franchise ever. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I like the scores in those films a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. they're composed by Tyler Bates, especially mm-hmm. the second one has some really bombastic moments. Uh, that yeah. just like I love I love uh, Groot Spores is such a good little like one minute track. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a good one. Um, the, when Guardians opens. And it's that soft piano beat. I think it's called, like, To the Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also the name of the Dragonheart <laughs> theme that mm-hmm. everyone knows, even <laughs> though that's a bad movie, you yeah. know the theme. When I say Dragonheart, you you know what I'm talking about. Um, but no, that's a really great score. And uh, Tyler Bates also composed the John Wick films, which have fantastic scores as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the first film was also co-composed, at least partially, like, for its main theme by Marilyn Manson, who's a weird dude. But every once in a while, he'll, like, be attached to a film, like a low-budget action genre <laughs> film. like Okay. And then he'll just knock it out of the park and disappear again. So I don't know what's up with that. But yeah. <laughs> I, I admire that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, 
I lost my train of thought, so let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, I, I had some. I had some. I haven't got a chance to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, because they're they're pretty underrated. Not really talked about because no one ever talks about it. Um, I got to uh, Flash Gordon, which is composed by Queen. Oh, love, really? Love that score. Yeah, like Flash. Oh, Saber of the Universe. <laughs> oh yeah, duh. Okay, yeah. I know that. I see. I know things. You, you're, mm-hmm. you're glad you invited me on here, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Good. I feel better now. All right. Um, keep going. <laughs> and heavy metal, because no one talks about heavy metal, and I, I love heavy metal, even though it's like probably the most like teenage boy movie ever. <laughs> like it's like if a teenager, like a teenager from like an old guy school, wrote like a movie, that's what he would come up with. <laughs> heavy metal, just with all the, uh, you know, violence. I've- Sexy. I need to watch like so many more movies. You guys are like mentioning this. I'm like, mm-hmm. I've never oh. seen heavy metal for sure. I know that one. Uh. Well, I haven't seen heavy metal either. So we're on the same page for that one. Ha ha. Outnumbered. Yeah. Now. yeah. Take that gene. Oh. Oh. Bully, bully. All right. Enough. Enough bullying. <laughs> um, some quick tweet responses. Uh, our buddy at B Swaff, Brandon Swafford, uh, oh. recommends Purple Rain for the, the scores yeah. and soundtracks. Oh, yeah. Purple uh, Rain. Yeah. Yeah. At Cayman Spider, Transformer scores, all caps, Transformer scores, all caps, one to five Transformer scores. Um, <laughs> to their credit, yeah. To, uh, to Steve Dablowski, Dablonski, Dablowski. Oh my God, we interviewed him. Yeah, he's great. Hey, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, amazing composer. <laughs> like sincerely, great, great music in those films. Yeah, that's true. No, they they he did a great job with that score. Oh yeah. But, you know, yeah. I just think anybody advocating that any part of the fifth Transformers is good is a little rattling to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'll go to I bat wish... for the fifth Transformers oh, yeah. because it's like my brain left my body. Oh. Hey, how, oh my god. How do you guys think Michael Bay like works with a composer? <laughs> like what I, what's that process like? I just feel like I don't even know. I feel like there's a lot of hand gestures, like screaming <laughs> intermittently, where he's like, I want him to feel like big and boom. And like, I just think in your ear. And like, yeah, I just feel like he just busts in shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> I'm wild. This coke around his nostril, be like, <laughs> I need 600 pounds of metal clanging together. <laughs> oh, God. Honestly, probably. Pro- yeah, probably. This is the last one I want to bring up and then we'll we'll end off by giving uh, one of our favorite composers to leave the people with. But Dan at the seventh seal on Twitter, Daniel Lopatin's uncut gem score will go down as an all timer. That's a favorite of mine right now. Yeah. A really, really amazing score. That score whips. That's mm-hmm. that is a good score. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been listening to it just like just doing random things, you know, helps me like my work pr- productivity. You know? Yeah, he's um he has like an electronic music project. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna butcher the name, but it's I think it's o- Onitrix Point Never. Um, yeah. I am I just lost all fucking cred in like any industry, but you should listen to that. It's real good. I'll send you the spelling, and you could probably like pronounce it better than I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> cute love that love just like butchering a name it's really fun <laughs> yeah um, I mean, that's that's a regular basis here too you know that's so. that's good that's that makes me feel better um when you introduced me i realized in the moment and i'm very glad you didn't say my last name um i was like mm-hmm. i forgot to tell them how to pronounce my last name so, okay i'm glad you brought you this know, up because i was like that. 
ask? He, he pronounced it right. Right? Yeah, no, you said, okay. you said my name right. Yeah, but my okay. last name is, um, everybody thinks it's Sharples, which is because of how it's spelled. And it's actually Sharpless. That is how you Sharpless. Yes, less sharp. Gotcha. Anyway. I will remember this from now on. Good. You know what? That's that's all I wanted to impart you with on this evening is the pronunciation of my last name. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Staley Sharpless. Yes. Uh, why don't you help us end off our show by bringing up a favorite composer to leave the good people with? Ah, oh, okay. Um, I would say right now it's uh, Benjamin Walfish, who I mentioned earlier, and Nate Heller, who is the composer of the score for um, all of his wife's movies. Um, so, Won't You Be My Neighbor and Can You Ever Forgive Me? Those I've been really into those two. Oh, and the guy who did the score for Parasite. Jung Jae-il. Um, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. It's really good. You should listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank what about you, you guys? Gene, <laughs> uh, Gene, what do you got? Yeah. Oh, favorite composers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, just right. Yeah. Um, just from, um, like, any, you know, any, like, uh, sort of time period or anything? Or... Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be for now. It doesn't have to be in the past. Which, whichever okay. one you want to um, leave the people with, check out. Yeah, no, of course. Um, I was going to go with um, Jerry Goldsmith because I feel like, you know, um, Jerry Goldsmith certainly gets underlooked with his scores for like Alien and um, <clears throat> Star Trek, the first, the motion picture he did. You know, he does some really, really good stuff. Um, you know, I love him. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Anicio Maraconi, who did The Thing. Um, and the good, the bad, and the ugly, all the dollars films. Like he has such a, uh, he has such a, you know, has such a great, like, uh, you know, music to him. I just, I love him so much. Um, you know, always listening to John Williams all the time and God. Yeah. I mean, um, for new composers, um, I I really liked, uh, was it like, uh, Nathan Johnson, Ryan Johnson's like cousin that does like, uh, non Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I got really into because I got to see him in concert too because it was really great at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, um, the composer for Game of Thrones, I'm gonna like Ramin Djawadi. Yes, Ramin Djawadi is excellent. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, oh, he, he was gonna be the one I brought up, so I guess. Just, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, that's fine. Well, he's he's good. He's that good that that we're we're, we're big fans of him. Um, for me, I guess bouncing off of that, Ramin Djawadi, Yoko Kano who is the composer for the Cowboy Bebop series and film. Oh, so this is me cheating a little bit nice. by going a little broader. Um, a lot of influence with the, uh, like the jazz and like mm-hmm. those kind of cyberpunk aspects of the series, yeah. but also like really kind of earthly tones with mm-hmm. uh, like slight banjo influences once in a yeah. while. And stuff. It's, it's very fascinating. Fantastic it's really, series. It's really relaxing too. some of our music. Yes, I mean, some of it's like really like, and then other times he's just kind of zoning out to it. It's very, very good music in that series. Uh, also, just one of the best series, like in general, and I'm not a big anime guy. Um, uh, Elliot Goldenthal, who composed uh, the critical darling, of course, Alien 3 and Batman <laughs> Forever. God. Uh, <laughs> How could we forget? Uh, I, I, uh, she does a good Batman theme. 
for both. No, his music in Batman Forever is good. There's a lot of good stuff in Batman Forever. There's, I, I think they've brought this up on the show before, Gene, but there's a vast difference between Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Like yeah, you don't have one, to like either of them, but there's yeah, one a difference. is one is a commercial and the other one's a movie. One's yeah. a commercial for toys. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Ellen Goldenthal, I think, is a really underappreciated uh, composer as well. And um, in a better world, he he would be like a, a huge name alongside John Williams, in my opinion. Uh, okay. Oh, the great Alan Silvestri, who's yes. basically oh, only yeah. second to like John Williams, I think. Like he, okay. that dude can nail like anything. Um, uh, really, really remarkable composer there. And uh, I guess the last one to leave off with, because I started the show by mentioning this film, the score for 28 Days Later was composed by John Murphy, along oh. with little, like, additives uh, from, like, Granddaddy and Brian Eno and uh, Brian uh, a bunch of other uh, artists. <laughs> but um, the, the John Murphy theme, In the House in a Heartbeat, uh, I think is one of the defining horror tracks of the 2000s and my life would not be the same without it. It's a beautiful score, it's a beautiful uh, piece, and I thank John Major for it every time I watch it. So on that <laughs> note, Staley Starpless, thank yes. you for joining us. Uh, where can the people find you online? Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been super fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter at StalesMcGales with three S's at the end. Um, and you can find me or you can find us at St. Audio. Um, it's at St. Audio on all platforms. And it's S-A-I-N-T audio. Mm. Thank you very much. Uh, links down below in the description as well. And Gene, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. And of course, you can follow me at Twitter at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Patreon, especially Patreon right now. Please help me. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> and check out everything else we got going on. Oh. Retrospectives coming out. Uh, Close Encounters episodes finally done. If you listen this Monday morning, it'll be out that evening. So to not as clog up your feed. So thank you for checking us out again. And thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. Okay.